Hello and welcome to the Moving Curve. I'm Rukmini, a data journalist in Chennai. Every night on this mini cast, I consider one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight, as India's lockdown enters an 18-day extension, I'm asking this question. How do we make sure that this doesn't become a moment of erosion of our civil rights? It's day 75 of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India and we are reporting 10,815 cases with 353 deaths. Last night on the podcast, I looked at some of the tech-led surveillance measures that state governments and the central government have been pushing. In his speech today, Prime Minister Narendra Modi once again urged people to download the Aarogya Setu app and it seems very likely that it might work like a pass similar to the Chinese model. We know from the past that difficult moments like these when it seems like extraordinary information gathering will keep us all safer are precisely the moments when we stand to cede the most ground, ground that it can take us a long time to claw back. I spoke to Chinmay Arun, a leading Indian voice on surveillance tech and privacy and now resident fellow at the Information Society project at Yale. So, it seems like a moment where people are willing to more willing than ever to not pay much attention to nuance of fact in pursuit of a sense of safety that this sort of authoritarianism will give them. That's classic, right? So, post 9/11 Mm. everyone became very pro surveillance and it really it, uh, it, it that ended up taking surveillance laws and technology to the next level right and so that's the other thing that human rights organizations i think are correctly calling for which is that they're saying that you don't want this to become the next stage of evolution of surveillance because everyone's scared and they think that this is the solution Yesterday I mentioned a comprehensive report on the surveillance tech India is considering authored by the Internet Freedom Foundation. Here's Apar Gupta, the executive director of the foundation, laying out the damages that this kind of thinking around surveillance could do not just to individual privacy but to democracy really. The concerns which are coming are first primarily unique to India given that India does not have a statutory enactment for data protection. hence right. there is no overlying uh, overlying legal framework which gives you a sense of boundary in what the government can do and cannot do how much data it can gather how it must gather it how much it must store it how it must analyze it and then who it must share it with and right. these fears gain a very tangible uh, uh, expression in the recent instance in how certain lists of people who were placed under quarantine were published um, either by state governments through their public health departments or circulated on whatsapp groups and privacy is a first order harm when it's violated it leads to other harms so the people who were mentioned in those lists would have understandably gone through a level of social discrimination even denial of essential services which is very important for them and it is also a very uh, dangerous public policy choice because it relies on uh, invocation of a system of vigilantism in which a neighbor polices another neighbor rather than a system of cooperation and fraternity in which people who can um, and anyone this is a novel virus uh, anyone can come into contact with it they come forward and they say yes i have covid please treat me so you may have a system of 
um, of, of, of a similar kind of stigmatization which we have seen with tuberculosis or AIDS. So that's one very clear harm which comes in in India because we don't have a data protection law. The other harm is essentially we've seen through previous deployments which have been premised for larger social goods uh, such as Aadhaar which have not come within a legal framework is scope and purpose creep where it's posed as a program to check the efficient delivery of um, of uh, uh, subsidies without leakages for people who deserve them but it's also turned into a system which is then linked to our bank records mobile phones and innumerable services thereby giving a government a 360 profile when given the rule of law framework in india it also becomes a concern because there is not a very clear distinction between the government's public policy priorities and the political functionaries who constitute the government and then have their own interests towards extending and retaining political power over people, which may then involve in terms of any kind of reprisals or attack. We are already seeing these kinds of reprisals. The Islamophobia that has gripped this country of late is manifesting itself in the harassment, ostracization and even assault of Muslims, particularly after the spurt of Tablighi Jamaat-related cases. But it doesn't have to be this way. Apar mentioned two examples worth looking into. Um, Massachusetts Institute of Technology's deployment of a, a, a contact tracing app called Private Kit Safe Paths, where uh, it's looking at the utilization of uh, Bluetooth technology where information is locally stored on a person's smartphone and not on a centralized server where a person's movements are known to the government for all purposes and periods of time. And another way to think about this is again, the partnership between Apple and Google, where they are essentially indicating in their framework that not only do they utilize Bluetooth technology and the information stays on a person's phone, um, but they also premise a high degree of individual autonomy where a person has complete voluntary uh, uh, basis in indicating whether they are suffering from COVID-like symptoms and indicating it by their own manner uh, rather than a diagnosis which is done by the app based on certain algorithmic choices of risk. Secondly, it also has a system in which the unique identifier for each phone uh, resets at a uh, event of uh, every day thereby uh, breaking the consolidation of data which may accrue over a larger period of time. And this is where I wanted to center the conversation around tech and surveillance in the context of COVID within a conversation about the state of Indian democracy itself. I think what's impeding this debate about personal information, privacy and civil rights right now is not actually concerns about public health, even though that's what it might be made to seem like. What's impeding it, I think, is that not enough people think that the ostracization and even harm of people who are sick or marginalized is a problem. Tech is helping instrumentalize these centralizing and authoritarian impulses. But it didn't create them. There will always be better, more people and privacy-friendly tech solutions out there. But getting enough Indians to want to be friendly to the sick to minorities? There's fewer solutions for that right now. Thank you for listening. This episode was produced by Anand Krishnamurti. Tomorrow, a new question.